participating in worship or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here as a beloved child of God. Thank you so much to Gina Bruno, who is helping us with our, she's our tech person this morning. Paul just logged back here. And thank you to Paul as well. The mic is on. It's just far. Is that better? I don't know. Project. Can you hear me better? Okay. I'll try to project. So um, please interrupt me or whoever's at the mic if, um, if you need to. If you can't hear me, I'll try to speak up louder. Our current plan is to do this, to do this hybrid model of worship with outdoors and Zoom during the summer. We're working on integrating singing outside and other pieces of normal worship that are safer outside than inside. And you will notice that there are hymnals over there on the uh, court because we can sing outside. Choir is going to sing with masks on, uh, but you are welcome to join us as we sing our opening hymn, which is hymn number 417. You're going to sing verses 1, 3, and 5. So oh. please join us as we lift our. Oh, I'm sorry, what's Because there is no 5. 1, 3, 4. There is. But regardless, 1, 3, 4. Uh, it's going to be fun to actually make a joyful noise. So please, uh, let's sing. Uh, stand if you're able, and let's sing together for the first time in a long time. worship this morning is from Lamentations 3, 25 to 33. A lament is a song of sadness, of grief for what has been lost, and sometimes of hope for the future. The book of Lamentations, from which our call to worship comes, was likely written during a time of exile when the people were unable to return to their homeland. 
It was a time of waiting, of yearning, for a time when they could return to the promised land and live as God's people once again. Please join me in the following response. When I say, because of God's steadfast love, please respond, there may yet be hope. Because of God's steadfast love, there, there may yet, yet be hope. The Lord is good to those who wait, to the soul who seeks. Because of God's steadfast love, there, there may, may yet, yet be hope. It is good one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Because of God's steadfast love, there, there may, may yet, yet be hope. It is good for one to bear the yoke of difficulties in youth. Because of God's steadfast love, there, there may yet be hope. It is good to wait, to sit alone in silence, to put one's mouth to the dust. Because of God's steadfast love, there, there may, may yet be hope. Okay, a little quiz, everyone. What are the five senses? Taste, smell, touch, hearing, sight. All right. So we have five senses and we use them to explore the world. And those of you on Zoom, I have my sound up a little bit so I can hear you if you want to jump in as well. So we use our five senses to experience and understand the world. We also use five senses in worship. How do we use five senses in worship? Oh, what's singing? All right, what sense are we using? Listening. So we hear music, we hear the message, we hear scripture. What about sight? What do we see? We see each other. We see our community. What else do we see? We can see the music. We have created a sanctuary. We are very intentional uh, when we have slides on Zoom, very intentional about what is seen, what visuals we have. What do we taste? We taste the bread. We taste communion. What about touch? How do we touch? How do we experience touch in, in, uh, in worship? Sure. Sure, we used to hug and embrace and shake hands with one another. When we can't do that, how else do we experience touch? Are you, do you feel your seat underneath you? I bet you don't. That you're not noticing all of the ways that you're touching. I bet picking up a hymnal and holding it, feeling the weight of it for those of you who are here and those of you who are at home, if you have a Bible, there's some heft to this book. We touch. Here's what I think is the tough one. What about smell? How do we use smell in worship? 
Certain flowers, lilies at Easter. And the scents of candles. We can smell the candles. If we were Catholic or Episcopal, we would smell the incense. That is, that is on purpose. Incense is used in different congregations on purpose so that scent is, your sense of smell is engaged. There's a, a, a church leader, um, who I just blanked on, but he said that every church smells like something that you might not know it because it's it feels familiar to you. But he said, smell your hymnals. Your hymnal has a scent to it. That there are things around us that we feel as comfortable with. Now, not all of our senses work well all of the time. One of the weird symptoms of COVID was that people couldn't smell. Um, I have trouble hearing in like a crowded restaurant. If there are people near me, I have trouble hearing. And we are right near the seeing eye, which trains guide dogs for people who are visually impaired. Now, when we can't use one sense, we, we pay special attention to the others. So you at home and you here, if you are comfortable, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and tell me what you notice. I'm gonna put on my little blindfold. So what do you notice with your eyes closed that you didn't notice before? Yeah, the birds sound even louder now, don't they? Sound. Airplanes. feel a little sun. I feel a little very slight breeze that I hadn't noticed before. We are, uh, our story today is going to be about someone who loses their sense of sight. And when he loses his sense of sight, he is opened to exploring the world and understanding the world in a new way. Will you pray with me? God of the universe, and this is, move with me. God of the universe, open our hearts to feel your presence. Open our eyes to see your glory. Open our ears to hear your word. Open our noses to smell your sweet goodness. And open our eyes to taste and see the Lord is good. Amen. And now what a fusion of us is it that we touch our hymnals and turn to hymn number 433 and use our sound so we can all use our ears to hear this beautiful message and our hymn we're going to sing the first verse of in the bulb there is a flower number 433 let's stand and sing together
Good morning. Good to see you all, see you on Zoom and see you here. I have to say I have not sung in a very, very long time. My voice was a little rusty. Um, it's like a new muscle. It's a muscle memory that you have to use again. And so it felt good. Um, thank you. Um, this morning, we're continuing to tell stories of emerging, of what it means to step away from normal life for a time and then re-enter the world. We've heard the familiar names of Noah, Jonah, Miriam, Elizabeth. This morning's story is not one of emerging from a place, an ark, a fish, a waterway, a home. However, it is a story of emerging from a transformative experience. Saul, a man who was notorious for persecuting Christians, has his life turned upside down for three days. Three days may not seem like a lot of time, but for some experiences, like Jonah in the belly of the fish and our story today, it's plenty. This is a reading from Acts chapter nine, verses one through 20. Meanwhile, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any people who belonged to the way of Jesus, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you'll be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless because they heard the voice, but saw no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. For three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, here I am, Lord. The Lord said to him, get up and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. At this moment, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who invoke your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is an instrument whom, whom I have chosen to bring my name before Gentiles and kings and before the people of Israel. I myself will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. 
So Ananias went and entered the house. He laid his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on your way here, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and his sight was restored. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. For several days, he was with the disciples in Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. And now let's open our hymnals again to hymn number 283, 283, Spirit of the Living God, a really beautiful song that I am so glad you said that. Yes, we were rusty too and we started singing again. So yes, the only way to, to not get rusty is to practice, right? So let's all sing together, Spirit of the Living God, number Can you hear the singing here? Can you hear the congregation singing? Or yeah, great. Okay, that is that is good to hear. That is good to hear. So, beloved ones, Paul had a plan. He was going to Damascus, intending to find Christians, arrest them, and bring them back to Jerusalem to be tried and possibly executed. Saul had a plan. Now, Ananias had a plan as well, avoid Saul. Saul's reputation preceded him. Ananias knew who he was, knew that he was finding and arresting Christians, knew that Saul was someone to avoid. Ananias had a plan. Now, I had a plan. It involved a Raise the Roof concert, one-on-one -on -one meetings with everyone in the congregation, to work with Lauren to strengthen our Christian education program. I was starting ministry in my third congregation, and I knew what to do and how to do it well. I had a plan. But, and it is a big but, but blinding light, literally, and a conversation with Jesus interrupted Saul's plan. But a vision and a dream and a conversation with God and Ananias had a change of plan and but a pandemic that involved a lot of changing plans. 
Now, putting it this way, I do not mean to imply that God caused the pandemic. I simply mean that sometimes we have plans and sometimes other things happen and we change course. In those moments of disruption, if we only focus on the plan that won't come to be, then we miss opportunities for growth and discovery. Disruptions take everything we knew and it jumbles it all up and either adds new information or takes away things that we found security in, takes away things that we thought we could count on and makes us forge a new path. Saul knew that Christians were bad and needed to be eradicated. Ananias knew that Saul was a dangerous man. I knew how to be a pastor. You knew how to be a parent or a coworker or how to stay safe or who to listen to. You knew all sorts of things a year and a half ago. Yet times of disruption and uh, they upend our expectations and invite us to figure out new possibilities. We imagine a new and a different future. And we emerge from our experiences seeing things differently. Saul saw that the heart of the gospel message was one of love and wanted to share that message with others. Saul became a follower of Christ. He later changed his name to Paul and he would be the one to reach out to the Gentiles and spread the gospel far beyond Jerusalem and even the Roman Empire. Ananias saw that transformation and repentance is always possible. No one is too far gone to be beyond the reach of God's grace, forgiveness, and mercy. I saw possibilities, you saw possibilities of what church and ministry and life could look like. I had the boundaries of my understanding of church and what is possible pushed and pulled and stretched. And I will say, never in my life have I seen a church adapt so quickly and to shift so willingly in a rapidly changing time. We all started to see the world in a new way. In a nation that prides itself on independence, we discovered how interdependent we are. We wear masks, not for our own health and safety, but for the health and safety of others. We learned that our ability to meet our basic needs depends on others not hoarding their abundance. Just a few weeks ago, we watched global trade falter when one canal was blocked by one ship and we took to the streets in a global effort to bring about racial justice sparked by the murder of one man whose name knew very few people knew but he changed the world like those chicks that are starting to emerge from the eggs and if you want to see some really cool kind of gross pictures of some baby bluebirds uh, that, that egg that we had a, a picture of for our time, those bluebirds have emerged, there were four. So if you wanna see some alien looking things, uh, let me know. But like that chick that emerges, they discover that the world is not just the egg. 
and soon they'll discover that the world is not just the nest. It is bigger and broader than anything they had experienced before and they will make new discoveries. In this time of emerging, we are making new discoveries. So my question to you is this, what do you see more clearly now that you didn't see a year and a half ago? And this is not rhetorical. I, I literally wanna hear what do you see now more clearly than you did a year and a half ago? And again, people at home, I can hear you. So go ahead if you would like to participate and I'll echo it for the people here. Ah, seeing that we took some things for granted. We just assumed they were always gonna be there. And now we learned how fragile some things are. Do we see anything else? Yes, Fairchilds. Appreciation of nature and family relationships. A new, we see nature and our family relationships in a new way. We appreciate them more. forced to change uh, made us try things that we might not have otherwise tried. And we, we're seeing, oh, the music program. Music looks different now than it did a year and a half ago. What about this area outside the Anderson Wing? How many of you saw this and said, oh, that is our chapel? For years, your outside of the sanctuary worship was in Shala Hall, right? This is a new way to use this space. We are discovering new things. Now, beloved ones, I've said before that I do not believe that God causes harm, harmful or hurtful things to happen in the world, but I do believe that God can use whatever happens, whatever good or bad thing that happens from fires to floods to pandemics, God can use these really hard, difficult things to help us move towards a world of greater love, justice, mercy, inclusion, understanding. That this is not a time that God orchestrated, but as we are coming to emerge, we're seeing that there can be gifts even in this moment. So as we continue to emerge from this time of pandemic, I pray that our eyes, our minds, and our hearts remain open to new possibilities. Amen. unmute hi everybody at home so i looked at the uh at the sermon today i looked at the theme this morning quite early i will say got in the shower and all i could sing was blinded by the light all right and i figured that was probably not an appropriate anthem 
So we do have one called City of God that talks about waking up and being in a slumber for a while, and now all of a sudden we're creating a new City of God. So I hope you guys enjoy this, City of God. I just can't find my mouse. There it is. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of life, for the gift of your steadfast love, for the gift of your son, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Lead us through the trials the suffering and sorrow, the challenges and struggles, the tired times and dark places. Be with those who weep or cannot sleep, who have no, who have no peace, who seek release. Lead us with grace, with love, with peace. Fill us with courage that we may bring hope to those who live in fear. Fill us with grace that we may be instruments of your peace. Fill us with light that we may shine your glory into this world. Transform us in your image that we may know how to confront oppression and pursue justice. Transform us that our eyes may be opened and we may be filled with greater understanding, love, and mercy. Transform us that we might be made whole. And in wholeness, may we be the hands and heart of Christ, who lovingly taught us to pray and whose prayer echoes through the ages our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now you probably do not need your hymnal for this one, but it's Amazing Grace, hymn number 547. We will sing first, third, and fifth verse. So this is one that probably most of you have been singing since you were about this high. So loud, make a joyful noise to God. So let's all stand and sing verses one, three, and five. <laughs> into a transformed world, as you notice the ways that you have changed, may your eyes be opened to new truths and new possibilities as God continues to love you as you were and as you are and as you will be. Amen. Next week is Pentecost. I forgot to include that in our announcements. So the color of the day is red and orange, the color of fire and flame. If you have your little ribbon things from my installation, I invite you to bring them. It will be a fun and festive day. It is one of my favorite holidays of the year. And I will ask you to bring your favorite hymn. Memorize the lyrics to your first verse of your favorite hymn. And we'll have some good fun next week. Look forward to seeing you guys. All right, good fun next week. If you want to talk to someone on Zoom. Yep, Zoom is up and active if anyone wants to come say hi. Um, yeah.
Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. We're down in Sarasota, so a lot of sunshine behind us. So. I see, Paul. I see Paul's under his awning. I feel like I'm going to sneeze at any moment, so that's why I'm <laughs> talking to and Kazunheit and God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I love love the smell of of, of, of plants and, and pollen. It's it's a great mix. <laughs> it looks like a very nice day there today. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be really nice. Hey, Dennis. How are you? How are your child? Hi, Judy. Hi, Paul. Hello. How are you? We're good. Hey, Judy. We're good. Judy. Good. How many did you have outside? Hey, Judy. Hey, Judy. How are you? <laughs> about eight. About eight. About ten, possibly. And then we had four in the choir. So I think everybody's taking advantage of the pretty weather and going to visit families. So, you know. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. To next week, red is the color of the day. You need to know your favorite hymn. Other than that, that's all I have to say. We'll be ready. It's nice to see all of you. I'll see you guys later. Okay. Bye. Well, we're doing yard work. Lots of it. Do you want to come down here? <laughs> Actually, we don't have the yard down here, so <laughs> our 60-inch zero turn is in the shop and we're we're using a Paul's brothers my our son's storing for him while he's between houses there you go there so you. it's just a little thing and it's fun. it's yeah it's interesting it's an interesting weekend of mowing hmm. well i caught up on our mowing yesterday and I'd left let it go for so long that I was changing the bag every few feet. So, Paul, oh, do you have a new beard? No, it's not new. It's my yeah. COVID. It's my COVID. Okay, I guess I didn't notice it as much as I do today. <laughs> oh well, may, maybe it's. I, I think I might lose it soon because I think it's going a little bit too gray and it's affecting my youthful appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're hey. talking to the wrong people about uh, that. I'm way past that point. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm always looking for new employment opportunities, and sometimes I wonder if it doesn't set me back. It's you know, but I always have that in the that back awful. of my head. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I walk I walk down the street and people yell out, "Hey, Santa!" So you know, <laughs> they're there, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh boy! I just got my hair cut yesterday, so you're seeing the the, the freshly cropped look. Which one? Yeah, the, each of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you got your hair cut. I wondered which one it was. Yeah, each each yeah. of the four hairs. Each of the four. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Aggie's father was here, he would remind us that it should be hairs cut. Yeah. Yeah, my hairs cut. That's true. Yeah. That's actually. A, I'm going to start using that. Well, he's he's full of those, so I should introduce you if you like that one. He's full of uh, little witticisms. 
So what do you have down there, Sam? You have a, a condo or a townhouse? Or yeah, something? yeah, we have a condo. We've been, um, this was supposed to have been built in 2007 and the downturn in the, in the, in the market caused the builder to delay. Mm. So the builder got it done about a year ago, or you know, I'd say about nine months ago, and then we've been doing some final negotiation based on the uh, evolving pricing of things down here. Mm -hmm. uh, and we closed on it on April 1st. So we're right oh, in downtown good. Sarasota in the, uh, in the Rosemary District. Uh, that's the old historic downtown. Good. It's nice. We, went, we walked to the, uh, the Sarasota Farmer's Market yesterday morning. It's about a block and a half away from here. Yeah, just a tremendous time. Good. That's good. Good for you guys. Hey, let me ask you, what do you have uh, along the credenza there or uh, the, the entertainment Oh, that's center? very interesting. Yeah, a, uh, that is a um, an empty Guatemalan sugar mill. It's about uh, 65 inches long, maybe 18 inches wide, and about four inches high. It's how they used to make sugar. You would buy sugar in Central America in a cone shape, okay? And they would actually fill this and dry it and then turn it upside down, it's this big thing, and I would you know, buy all these cones. Mm -hmm. So uh, we saw a table made out of it uh, down in, in Guatemala about know, eight years ago. I always liked it. So I had a guy actually make a cabinet and mount this on top. And, and we're just waiting now for the a big piece of glass to go on top of it. But it's very it's very nice antique. Right? Yeah, so so will it always rest on top of the longer yeah, piece? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's actually integrated together. So as opposed to have it sit directly on, there's, there's little space Pedestals. around it. And then there's little tiny spaces on top. So when we put the glass on, it'll, it'll have a little bit of space as well. It's okay. really interesting. So, yeah. Uh, Does it smell? Do, can you smell the? Uh, it smells smell just a little bit of the of the age of it, you know, but, yeah, but not too bad, really. It's it's you know it's uh it's it's, it's been around. I I think it's probably 150, 175 years old. My guess. It's hard to do. But, um, but nicely, you know, it has areas of it that are quite imperfect, which makes it obviously more charming. You know, the corners in some cases are kind of eroded uh, down or, or broken off. But it was, it was something that was used for many, many years. You know, and this particular one was used for many years. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find out some of the work that I've done. I don't know if I've shared it before, but I'm taking, I'm always on the lookout for old wood, natural wood from the forest wood that I've made, um, I'm making items from. So I've, one of them is just a, a 50 inch stump, basically, but it's just amazing to me how it's the contours of it and the way it twists. Yeah. And, and I have that on a pedestal. Um, it really doesn't serve a function other than just, to me, it's a piece of natural sculpture. Uh, and I'm working on a floor lamp right now on a similar piece. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, really. I, and I have little smaller, what I would refer to as sculptures from similar pieces of wood. Uh, I might I might have shared some of that earlier, but I always like I like I like things like what you've got there. I really like that. 
Yeah, it's, a, it's. I mean, it's. You know, like I said, you know, we were struck a long time ago when we saw one in a in an antique store uh, in Antigua, Guatemala, and so we've always been looking for a, a sugar mole of that size, and we can see it behind. And one came up, uh, it became available, and we sparked it up. And then I contracted with a guy here in Sarasota, actually had it shipped directly to him, contracted with him to build the cabinet. Hadn't seen the sugar mold itself until we actually walked into here. Uh, you know, because you know, Sammy came down uh, on April 1st and they kind of set the place up before, you know, before we came down. So, neat. Very good. Yeah, you'll 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 enjoy that. I that, that always to me it sets off a room and it creates a conversation piece. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's the idea. And 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 the nice color of the cabinet then becomes the the central yeah. you know uh, palette you know palette color that uh, defines the the space. So, you know, so Linda's now doing all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your you whole first? house is like that. So. Yeah. It has all those you know so much character by, by virtue of its age and it's being so well maintained over all those years i call it the nooks and crannies of history yeah yeah <laughs> it's seen a lot it's seen a lot it has are seen you, a lot it's are you living lot. down there full time now no, no, no we're just going to be here from after christmas until the end of spring training <laughs> basically <laughs> every year and so, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I think, and Paul can tell you, I, I, I broke my leg in four places about five years ago on ice uh, up in here driveway. in our driveway. And we decided that, you know, as, as soon as it was practicable, we would start to spend uh, the, in the, in the winter months in Florida just because I, I, I can't have that happen again. It, it, it affected my mobility. I'm, I'm almost back, but uh, I'll never be all the way back, but. I just know if it happens again, I'm going to really, really be in trouble. Our driveway literally is a sheet of ice in the wintertime. And when we bring out the garbage, we do it in the car with our hand out the window, hanging <laughs> on to the garbage can. It's that bad because it doesn't get any sun. And it's very dangerous. So mm -hmm. we can't have well, that happen. I, I had a relatively minor uh, arthroscopic knee surgery a year ago last November. Yes. And I'm still limping around. Uh, it's it, hard to heal. It's I I don't understand it. it. It, but anyway, it is what it is. But uh, it's not it's not the joint. It was the tendon. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 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 I actually, had to have that done as well. And uh, it, it 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 can be hard to heal. But anyway, so we decided to avoid the issue by by uh, uh, becoming snowbirds in the in the. Well, in, we're lucky we can in the winter time. <laughs> that's not, that's you you. That's you really thing. did it. You really did it right. Four places. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, was, it was maybe it, maybe it wouldn't happen again because you you got all four places done. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. It was uh. It was. Well, the thing was that particular day was December 